It is Thursday, the 30th day of December 2021, and holy shit, the year is, is drawing to a close, yeah? And, and what better time to mention that I, I read a Dear Abby for the first time in a very long time. If you're not familiar with Dear Abby, uh, you should be. Not because it's interesting, but because occasionally uh, it is outright fucking hilarious. Case in point, uh, last week, Dear Abby <clears throat> was titled, this was the fucking headline, or the, yeah, the title, What Do I Do With My Deceased Mother-in-Law's Wife-Swapping Journal? Well, well, listen up, Abby, fucking reel this in. Yikes. And so the dear Abby is talking about her mother-in-law, Agnes, a very religious and morally upright person who died of dementia recently. And uh, this woman's husband was the executor of the estate, so they had to go through all of her things to have them appraised, you know, which tells me that these people are fucking uh, not, I don't know, normal. I, I don't, it, that's, that's not the right word. You do need to have, you don't really have to have shit appraised. You have to go through your parents' stuff. The step to appraise it, that's on you, so shut the fuck up. Anyways, uh, the husband was sifting through his mother's lingerie drawer. What? What fucking year and planet is this? Uh, he found this binder, <laughs> and he was, quote, shaken, end quote, uh, by what he found. Apparently, his parents enjoyed wife swapping, and Agnes took notes detailing her activities. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Fucking Agnes was a filthy hua. It's bananas. And so, of course, the husband's traumatized because his mom was a filthy whore. And uh, and the wife is also traumatized because, dear God, not wife swapping. Not that I'm a proponent of wife swapping. That's not the point here. The point is that she's a prude. And anyways, so then, uh, you know, she, she signs it embarrassed in Oregon. I mean, who's embarrassed? Agnes wasn't. She kept a very detailed list of notes. And the problem is, it, it, it leaves out so much stuff. Okay? I need to know what Agnes was talking about. And I need to know what kind of notes she was taking. Well, we slept with, uh, with George and his wife, Helen. George was hung like a fucking elephant. Good grief. I think he touched my tonsils one time. My word. End of note. Abby, for, for her response, one paragraph. Like, one fucking paragraph. And, and it was terrible. It would be no benefit to your brother-in-law or your son to learn their respective parents-slash-grandparents were swingers. I'm voting for keeping the past buried along with Agnes, that filthy fucking trollop. All of that, and so much more. Uncompletes and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Hello, hello, welcome to the show. Uh, hope you're doing well. If I suddenly launch into... Uh, an English accent at any point, please uh, ignore it. Let me get through it. I've just been watching a bunch of uh, soccer um, videos from these uh, super fans, like team super fans in the uh, Premier League. I find them fascinating. And Barstool has hired two of them. So um, I'd like to try to get into that. I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could be... 
West Ham's like loud super fan. Although, you know, being old and fat kind of takes me out of the demo, but what can you do? Anyways, listen, welcome to the show. I uh, hope you had a wonderful Christmas if you happen to celebrate it. If you don't, hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, but, you know, a couple things that I wanted to, to touch on um, from the jump, okay? Uh, sadly, the great John Madden passed away uh, on Tuesday at the age of 85 in what is being termed uh, as an unexpected death, which, you know, when you're 85, all right, maybe it's maybe it's somewhat unexpected, but you're 85. It's coming at any point. Now, not to sort of uh, get off of what I wanted to talk about, uh, which is John Madden. Here is my thinking, okay? Has there ever been a singular person who has been closer associated or more impactful to a single sport in the United States of America. Think about that. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Obviously, his coaching resume, he won at a higher percentage than any head coach in the history of the National Football League. That is fact. I say that because um, he became a spokesperson for Miller Lite back in the 70s when the Miller Lite commercials were iconic. So you had sports fans knowing who John Madden was. Then you had television viewers of any sort knowing who John Madden was. Then he transitioned uh, into broadcasting, and he became an iconic broadcaster. Uh, all the way up uh, into the early 2000s when he retired. But in, in the 90s, he was approached by uh, Electronic Arts. And here I am just basically reading his Wikipedia page, but I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not reading anything. Nothing. EA comes to him. Hey, we want to put your name on this on this video game. What do you think? Sure, let's go. It was a PC game at the time. Uh, and then that took off. So when you think about it, okay... John Madden, John Madden, over the course of 50 years or so, maybe maybe longer, fuck, I don't know. I'd have to go back and find out when he actually started coaching. But man, this guy was front and center all the time for the NFL, well, the AFL, and then the NFL. And honestly, it's fascinating. When you, when you try to think about the different parts of someone's legacy when it comes to sports. Uh, John Madden has to be at the top of the list for, for people who transcended their particular sport to become uh, a singular entity, a known entity by people even outside of sport. But I mean, what he did, you know, by simply loving the game, was was bring the game uh, to all kinds of people, and it just you know it's it's one of those things that um, you know you think about it and you try to you try to extrapolate what he did versus people in other sports. Now I, you know, let let's look at hockey. Like what would that be? Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky. You know, there was no Wayne Gretzky hockey. There was, I think there was one game, but I mean, that didn't really last. Like Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, you could say maybe. Maybe. And then maybe LeBron. But the thing of it is, right? You know, Jordan's video game, and it, it sucks because I'm, that I'm kind of putting the video game thing together, but, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a, I'm trying to draw comparisons, okay? Jordan versus Bird on the Atari, dynamite. Dynamite game. Tremendous. <laughs> but, you know, 
John Madden had his hand in a number of different things. <clears throat> you know, and if Michael Jordan, let's say Michael Jordan went on to own a team and won, I don't know, let's say a title, one. But in Jordan's case, there was the shoes, there was the commercials, things like that. So I mean, maybe that's a comparison, except John Madden didn't play. So it's a, it's a different comp. But I think it's a comp nonetheless. So I guess the, my overall point is just trying to dig into the legacy of John Madden and just how massive it really was. Because, again, you think about what he did on the field as a coach, off the field as a broadcaster, and, and putting his name smartly on the fucking, uh, on the video game. It's, it's, at least in football, incomparable, right? Yeah, I answered my own question as I thought more about it. You know, maybe you could say, like, like Babe Ruth. <clears throat> but I don't, you know, I think that was a different, obviously a different time. And, you know, the exposure was limited and sort of, um, you know, not as... I don't want to say not as pronounced, because that's not the right word, but <clears throat> it was a little different, because it was controlled. You know, he got to sort of control the narrative and, and to a point. But, hmm, yeah. John Madden, Michael Jordan. That's about it. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So that, that was my thought about John Madden. Um, rest in peace. Interesting cat. I have to watch. I still haven't watched the documentary, but I, I'll get to that at some point. So kind of keeping it in football. <clears throat> this is totally fucking stupid, all right? Just really fucking dumb. As I've mentioned, uh, my wife and I uh, have season tickets to the Patriots. My brother and, and typically my nephew um, come along. And we prepay for our parking, okay? And the parking tickets, the parking passes say that the lot opens at 8 a.m. Okay, so we've, we prepaid for the entire year. So my thing is, okay, 8 o'clock, that's fine, you know? People start lining up. We end up usually getting to Gillette anywhere between 7.45 and 8 o'clock. And it typically means waiting in line in the breakdown lane on Route 1. <clears throat> so I sent an email to the parking people at Gillette Stadium because I'm that kind of guy. I'm that guy. And I didn't want to be a dick, and I don't think I was. I just said, look, I, I don't understand why you would put on here that the lots open at 8 o'clock and they never open at 8. They may have opened close to 8 the first uh, day of the season, first game of the season. But I don't think that's the case. This started a bit of a, a back and forth between myself and the folks at the, uh, you know, the parking department. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting text messages in the middle of the show. What are we doing? Good fucking grief. Yeah, go to dinner, Jen. It's fine. I don't care. I don't care. Jesus. Whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to complain about parking. My wife feels the need to fucking send me text messages. <laughs> oh, I am a dick. I'm terribly sorry, dear. Where was I? Oh, so we go back and forth. And I'm just saying, look, I don't see the point of having this say 8 a.m. if I'm going to be subjected to waiting for 45 minutes before I'm let into the parking lot. What's the point? Just fix it. Just put something in fine print like, hey, we're at the mercy of the state police. But, you know, and it's like, oh, maybe we'll, uh, you know, we'll look into that and, and this, that, and the other. And, you know, they had the fucking nerve. They had the, the, the unmitigated gall to actually say, hold on, I got to find this because this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, quote, the pass states that so that passes can be scanned prior to lots being opened, end quote. Fuck off, you liar. You fucking liar. 
Like, you really think that these parking schlubs are going to be uh, going down Route 1, scanning passes before the fucking lots open? You'd have mass chaos. The fucking troglodytes that wait to get in there, it would the minute someone comes by to scan their pass, they go, why isn't the gate open? You're just asking for trouble. Just put in there, hey, uh, where it's, at, it's 8 a.m. or the discretion of state police. That's it. End of discussion. Over. Done. That's it. But no, we had to go back and forth. It is so fucking stupid. And then they're like, oh, our staff does report uh, at the, to the stadium at 5 a.m. In, in cases of emergencies and have to get the lots ready for game day. That has nothing to do with anything. Ultimately, I just said, look, I don't expect any sort of uh, mass resolution here, but you're doing everyone a disservice. And, and instead of just saying, hey, yeah, uh, this is how it is. Sorry. We'll try try better next year. Nope. Nope. It's your typical customer service response, which is to blame everybody else instead of taking responsibilities uh, for being stupid. It's so petty, isn't it? It's And it's, I'm being horrifically petty. I want to be in there right at 8 o'clock. I'm that guy. But I'm paying, prepaying for the season to get in there at 8 a.m. Because the fucking thing says 8 a.m. I want to be there at 8. That's how it is. I sound like Jerry Seinfeld. Movie trailer review. I'm too lazy to watch the feature. Movie trailer review. It's standard operating procedure. Movie trailer review. AP Dave puts in time. Movie trailer review. By our powers combined. Movie trailer review. Movie trailer. Movie trailer reviews. Yeah. Very excited for uh, this episodes edition of movie trailer reviews uh movie reviews submitted by uh, the one and only associate producer dave um and then i watch the trailer and give my movie trailer review uh number one uh dave <laughs> dave puts new spider-man which i think is uh far from home i think it's called i, I gotta double check anyways uh dave's review quote 10 out of 10, scoring on a comic book movie scale, whatever that is. Spoiler alerts all over the place. It was awesome. If you like Spider-Man movies, you will think it's the best thing ever. I'm a big fan of the Tobey Maguire movies. So to see all the original villains play a big part in having all the Spider-Men come back was just so fun. I didn't know that part. So, hey, there's a spoiler. Uh, fun jokes, fun action, sad parts. This movie literally had everything you look for in this type of movie. Nine out of ten on a real movie scale, end quote. I didn't know that all the Spider-Men came back. Hmm. I, I knew Tobey Maguire was in it, but I didn't know that anyone else was. But, you know, I've been trying to avoid spoilers because I do want to actually see this movie. Anyways, um... <clears throat> As with every movie nowadays, there's multiple trailers. So I watched uh, three official trailers, uh, the first one being the best of the bunch. Doesn't make any sense. It gets worse later on. Anyways, the long and the short of it is um, Cumberbatch and uh, his Doctor Strange character basically fuck this whole thing up, right? That's what I think. And it, you know, the multiverse uh, opens up like you saw in... um, Ooh, which movie was that? Uh, no, not the movie, the show, Loki, the multiverse. Which is a, a Marvel staple and has been for a number of decades, really. Uh, it's like, oh, we need we need to we need to change things up. We need to add to the to the story, so let's uh, you know, just open up a whole entire new uh, you, you know, chain of events. But they all exist on the same timeline. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, Dave loved it. Um, seems a lot of people loved it. Um, Octagon Bob on Barstool, who I'm a big fan of, he loved it. Um, previous co-worker Connor, he loved it. 
And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. I think I'm going to actually go and see it. It'll be the first movie I've seen in its entirety in quite some time. Hopefully go next week. We'll see. If I do go, I'll be sure to let you know. Review number two. New Matrix. Dave's review. Quote, this movie stinks. And he puts stinks in capital letters. (laughs) Two out of ten. Such a cool concept, but failed miserably. Hmm. I loved the first movie, thought the sequels were just meh, but this one is hot garbage. Too bad. Not much to say about it that hasn't been said. I don't know what's been said. Again, very cool concept that misses the mark on every level. I'm so pathetic that I watched it twice just to see if my first take was correct, and it was slightly better on second watch. So I'm changing my score to 3 out of 10, end quote. <laughs> So in other words, he purposely watched a movie that he didn't like for a second time. Oh, Dave, I'm so glad that you said that you're pathetic because good fucking Lord, man, that is pathetic. Yikes. What on earth is that about? Oof. So a second ago, I mentioned that there's multiple trailers now for uh, for every movie. And um, this was no different. Matrix Resurrections. Uh, the first one had, um, you know, it kind of gives you the same basic vibes as the previous films. Now, full disclosure, I went to see the first one in the movie theater when it came out. And I was like, oh, okay, that was interesting. I didn't love it. Um, you know, I thought it was fine. I also, you know, had a fucking tough time following it. And the subsequent movies that came out, the, the, the two sequels, I don't think I saw them. I definitely didn't see them in the movie theater. And if I did see them, um, I was half paying attention. So not the biggest fan. Interesting concept, but at the same time, kind of dumb. I've been convinced since the get-go that the uh, Wachowskis there uh, are just on mushrooms. And so... Um, this is, they made a movie of them being on mushrooms. But, you know, just for me, it was a giant meh. Like, it, it sucked because I like Keanu Reeves a lot. I think, one, he's a decent human being, and two, he's a good actor. So, you know, stuff that he's been in, I've seen, or uh, of late where I just don't care to watch movies, like all three John Wicks, never saw them. Um, but, you know... He's he's a good actor and like him. So what, what can you do? But Keanu probably made a ton of cash from this thing, and good for him. He'll probably give a bunch of it away and be a nice person because that's what he is. But uh, this movie did nothing for me. This trailer, I should say, did nothing for me. I have no desire to go see this film. Uh, I have no desire to go back and watch any of the other films either. It's just uh, not something that I have any interest in. So yeah, there you go. Uh, number three. The um, Adam McKay, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence film, Don't Look Up. Dave's review, quote, very clever satirical movie that uses a big old comet coming to hit Earth to speak about the current climate of the world, parentheses, COVID, politics, etc., closed uh, parentheses. I thought it was very well done. Good story, good acting, good humor. Everything was just good. Wasn't amazing, but wasn't bad. 8 out of 10 sounds so much better than saying B, but I give this movie a solid B. Does 8 out of 10 equal a B? End quote. No, I think an 8 out of 10 is an A minus. So I think a B would be like a six and a half, six out of 10. I don't know. I'd have to suss that out and see what the actual scale is <laughs> compared to uh, school grading. Uh, again, watch two trailers. One was a much shorter, uh, you know, sort of an intro thing. The second one, a little bit longer, a bit more detailed to kind of give you a basic idea of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested in this film for a couple of reasons. One, actually three reasons. One, Adam McKay fucking rules. So this has to be good. He's made a couple of duds, and I wish I could tell you what they were, but he's made far more great movies than bad movies. That's a fact. 
Uh, two, Leonardo DiCaprio as a fat dork looks funny. So I can get behind that. The fucking, like, facial hair he has in this, like, that's terrible. I really hope that changes throughout the course of the movie, because that's bad. It does nothing for him. Uh, and then finally, this has been compared to Idiocracy, the absolutely fantastic Mike Judge movie from a handful of years ago. And so the comparison to that uh, leads me to think that I would thoroughly enjoy this movie, which is why I am going to see it. So Dave brought it this week, big time. Uh, three movies, and two of which I think I might actually see. I would venture a guess that this is the first time in the history of the movie trailer review segment uh, that I want to actually see two of Dave's three movies. So well done, David. Nicely done. And thank you, as always. Um, absolutely love this segment of the program. <clears throat> it's terrific. The only downside to it, right? And I was thinking about this as I finished up the last trailer. There's so many fucking movies. How many of them are actually any good? I'm venturing a guess, not many. The law of averages is, is definitely against the film industry, right? And especially now when the number of original films is so minuscule. I mean, look at it. The first two in his uh in in the in his segment were were sequels. You know, it's like, oh hey, we got a great idea. Let's let's fucking kill this thing and beat it into the ground to make a few bucks. And the comic books are like like Marvel slash Disney, they are guilty as all fucking hell. But they know it works and they know that people like it. So they keep making them, which is fine. You can't really can't fault them for that, can you? No. But I don't know. Like, I don't find myself uh, sitting there excited about a bunch of movies. Like, you know, having two pop up in the course of a week is rare. Rare. And even then, you know, I say that I'm going to see these movies. I probably won't. Because <laughs> I am horrifically lazy and uh, would rather watch sports. But, you know, that's just me. I don't know. But I think, you know, maybe when, when hopefully I can keep the uh, spoilers at bay long enough to uh, be surprised by Spider-Man. We'll see. But I'd like to go see that next week, so we'll see what happens. Anyways, um, yeah, stick around. Voicemails coming up. <coughs> oh, whoa, got a cough right away. Jeez, I sound like you. Uh, all right, David, Dave. Hope all is well. Happy holidays. Got a question for you. Was thinking, you know, 2021 was supposed to be the year where, you know, we got all the vaccines, the pandemic's ending, but here we are, COVID's back like it's never been before. So I'd love your opinion on what you what's worse. Do you think 2020 was worse or do you think 2021 was worse? And what are your thoughts going into 2022? Looking forward to the next episode. Have a great new year. AP Dave coming in hot. Thank you much, David. Greatly appreciate it as always. Uh, do you think 2020 was worse or do you think 2020 won? <laughs> 2020 won. Uh, 2020 or 2021, which one was worse? Um, and then what are your thoughts going into 2022? Well, <clears throat> first thing I would say 2020 uh, was worse, hypothetically. Well, think about it. So COVID was new. Uh, most people didn't want to be uh, quarantined at home for long stretches. And, you know, it turned into a big fucking to-do in, in half the country. And so, yeah, it was kind of a pain in the balls. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs, uh, yours truly included, some of which, you know, some people like their job and happen to lose it. So um, in my view, 2021 wasn't as entirely as traumatic it's kind of it's the wrong word to say but whatever um in my view but a large number of people did get up in their feelings six days into the year and it's been a whole lot of dumb ever since uh you know the vaccine stuff it's helpful um 
you know, you, you look at this thing and, and having to deal with it and the number of people that are catching it and dying, it's not good. So take the vaccine. It helps you out. It's a whole idea. Um, it's not a cure because it doesn't exist. It's a virus and virus mutate. And that's how it goes. Just like the flu. Just the worst flu. In most cases. I don't think this new one from what I've been reading is as uh, nasty as the first go around and the second go around. But I don't know, because I'm not a doctor. As for next year, I don't, I, don't, I don't see it improving. I don't see 2020 being a vast improvement on 2021. Um, but I don't see it being as uh, terrible as 2020, unless you know the government decides to wag the dog a bit to distract the public from something more egregious. Who knows? If that's the case, then uh, everything's out the window. But I'm, I'm choosing to look at 2020 as I do most times when, when you turn the calendar, that it's an opportunity to change things. And, um, you know, I would say a solid 40 times out of the previous 44 uh, calendar turns, I've done nothing. But, you know, uh, that's the whole idea behind growing and getting better and improving is that, you know, you, you use these events and these times as symbols to uh, to change. And that's the whole idea. Now, look. I'm very curious if you have an opinion. If What do you think 2022 is going to be like? Call in. Leave a voicemail, 617-657-4736. Give me your best Notre-Dameus. Notre-Dameus? That guy freaks me out. <laughs> so call in. Do that. And, and what do you think? What do you think 2022 is all about? Aboot. Hey, Dave, it's Bankley. Yeah, I just want another bet. I'm the man. But I'll tell you this, dude. What what was that post of the mask, dude? Who cares the fuck? No one needs to wear a mask on a plane. I'm fucking sick of this shit. You play it on the air. Mask is stupid. They don't do anything. You hear me? Mask do do anything. Goodbye. Scott Banksley, <clears throat> thank you as always, Scott. Appreciate it. But I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that Scott found the time to become an epidemiologist or a virologist in his spare time. He's a very smart young man, so it's good for his family. Uh, listen, masks. No one likes them, and saying they're stupid or dumb isn't new. This is, this is where we are here. And and, and I, you know, you heard uh, the last. Uh, message from Dave about 2021 and 2020. It's just that's where we are right now. So it is what it is. No one likes them. And also saying that they don't, quote, work, end quote, is curious. The Japanese have been wearing masks for in public for years. They're doing fine. They would do it for different reasons. One, uh, there's a shit ton of them uh, in confined spaces. And so the wearing of the masks helps to mitigate, uh, you know, uh, cold and flu symptoms and whatnot. So, you know... If you put some, if you put your hand over your mouth, <clears throat> it's covering stuff up. A mask is it the same as your hand over your mouth? No. Is it different? No. Do they all work? "Quote unquote." No. Um, it's not something that I care to even argue about because I don't, I don't know enough about it. I'm not smart enough to think of these things. All I know is that if I want to go somewhere and they tell me I have to wear a mask, fine, I'll put a fucking mask on. Uh, you know. <clears throat> The tweet that he was referencing had nothing to do about uh, masks per se. It was it was more about rules. And my point is, or was, that if you don't follow the rules when flying a plane, you should be banned from flying. It's that simple. It's not a lot. Um, <clears throat> in this case, wh whether the masks work uh, is not the point. Uh, that's that's the current rule of the FAA. You're not fighting oppression or standing up against a supposed evil by uh, not putting a mask on your face. You're just being a fucking asshole. You're holding up the plane is what you're doing. It's putting a piece of cloth over your face for, for a couple of hours. It's not going to fucking kill you. But my overall point of the tweet at Complaints Pod was basically that if, if you cause a disruption on a plane, you're banned from flying. That's it. There are certain places that you should not, it should not be tolerated at all. And in a fucking tin can, however many thousands of feet above the earth, is one of those places. 
Last month, a Tennessee woman got fucking shit-faced on a Spirit Airlines flight, giant red flag, and assaulted two flight attendants and apparently started trying to give out hand jobs. Literally. That's no, that's true. That happened. Guess what? She should never fucking fly again either. Done. See you later. Flights getting canceled all over the country because who the fuck wants to be a flight attendant and COVID and they don't make any money and other shit. But who the fuck in their right mind want to deal with these fuckwads and federal guidelines that, that, that people love to say, quote, don't work, end quote. I get it. Nobody likes it. It sucks. It's a pain in the ass. It's a part of life right now. So you, you, you have the choice to make. And look, again, Scott's a smart guy. What's, he, what's, the, what's the alternative here? You want to not wear a mask on a plane? Fine, don't. But guess what? You're never going to fly again. That's how it should go. And that goes the same for anybody who feels the need to stand up and, uh, you know, yell and scream about anything on a plane, um, you know, get shit-faced and try to fucking jerk people off. Those people do not belong on an airplane. Airplane, airplane trip should be for civilized people. That's it. Cut the shit. No one likes it. It is what it is. Fuck. It's funny because after last week's episode, I I didn't want to fucking get into any of this fucking tired shit like vaccines and and masks and COVID and but it's an it's a it's an unending barrage of this shit, you know. And I can understand why people are mad because it just it's fucking thrown at them constantly. But you know when you when you make this is the problem with the media, okay? Their goal is to get eyes on whatever it is that they're pitching. And so making people afraid of everything is going to get eyes. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's, you know, it sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks for for pretty much everybody. But, you know, then you got people that get so fucking sucked into it. And as I said last week, the people that are on both sides of the fucking issue that just will not shut the fuck up about it. Like, can we just fucking stop and just go about our lives? Can we do that? I don't I don't think that's going to be possible ever again, honestly. Social media, as I've said multiple times, has just fucking killed society, especially American society. It's it's a fucking nuisance. And the the sad part is is like some it's it's somewhat useful, but it's a nuisance. It's awful. Drives me fucking bonkers, and I'm so guilty of being on it all the time. Terribly guilty. I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be something in 2022. Take a fucking break from that shit. Probably help my fucking overall mental health, yeah? Yeah? Anyways, uh, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the program, Three Gripes. Gripe number one. Farewell videos of your pets. Another social media phenomenon. And social media. Oh, God. Fuck. (laughs) I guess two or three gripes are fucking social media related. Gah! Uh, As someone who's lost far too many pets in their day, there's nothing that I'd want to do less than film the entire pre-death sequence and then share it for people to watch. Like, who the fuck? What kind of sociopath does that? Why? Why? For what? If you have friends, family, followers, or whatever, they already know that you love your pet. Like, they already know that. Because if you're like me, you're posting fucking pictures of your cat all the time. Or you were before your cat passed away. Post a a picture or video of your pet when they were happy and healthy. And say that you'll miss having them around, you love them, you know, farewell. That kind of thing. And then cry by yourself, asshole. Stop making other people cry. Because fuck, you know, there was one the other day of of a guy who took his dog to all of his 
uh, favorite places. Now, the other problem is that somebody did that once, and then as with everything else in social media, it has to be copied uh, 85,000 fucking times as if it's somehow original anymore. It's not. After the first one, it's no longer original, and you shouldn't do it. Find something else. But there was one the other day. The guy took his dog to the beach and fucking drove around, gave him a puppuccino and all this other shit. You know, and, and, and the caption's like, oh, it, you know, all the fucking long-ass caption about how important the dog has been to his in his life and how people don't deserve dogs and, uh, you know, it just... All you're doing is fishing, okay? You've cast the line, and you're fishing for tears. That And the fucking bait is your dying dog. Fuck off, man. It's not necessary. I'm dead serious when I tell you nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to fucking see that. And, and if you do want to see that, you're a fucking crazy person. But honestly, nobody wants... Nobody... And, you know, and if people click and and they're liking these things, it's because they feel bad because your dog's dead and you're still alive. No, that's not right. Don't do that, David. That's not good. I'm sorry. I just don't like, you know, sifting through fucking Instagram and crying because a dog's died. Nobody wants that. I don't go to fucking social media to cry and to be... I go there to fucking grit my teeth and laugh. Like, that's what you go there for. Fuck off. Ah, gripe number two. Uh, having to shit at the airport. Now, <clears throat> I would venture a guess of all the times I've had to fly, um, thankfully, I've never had to shit at the airport. Okay? But is there a worse place to have to go than at an airport? When I go to the airport and I take a leak, I'm disgusted. You want to talk about a reason to wear a mask inside of an airport fucking bathroom? Because who knows what's living in those fucking things? I would guess that it's slightly improved during the COVID era. Fewer people, a supposed uptick in cleanliness, but I'm not so sure. Who's going to sign up to work in a fucking airport right now anyways? Or any other time for that matter. Public restrooms as a whole are just not that clean. So if you arrive for your flight and suddenly your stomach is angry, what's the move? What is the move? About a month ago, I had to take a lift up to the airport. I talked about this before. Um, Might have been episode 100, talked about it. I'm in the back of the car and, and I've got a fart. The whole fucking ride. <laughs> I got out of that car and unleash something fierce. It was terrible. But it made me very, very nervous. Thinking, oh my god. I really don't want to shit at the airport. Thankfully, it was just breaking wind and I was fine. But listen, what's the move if that's the case, okay? Honestly, I would try to survive all the way up until the fastened seatbelt light has been turned off. I would say that the airplane is a safer bet, sanitarily speaking. Yeah, it's a confined space, but it's a single unit. There are fewer people milling about or coming in and out, and an airplane has the best filtration system available. So there's less of a chance that you'll stink the whole plane out, which is good. The biggest concern, though, I think, would be time, right? If you're like me and you're a somewhat... Uh, hirsute fat men, it takes a little bit longer than your standard person. No matter. The play is to see uh, if you can keep things at bay until it's finally safe to move about the cabin. Cabin? Cabin? See, I butchered the joke. Like, I wrote out a good joke, okay? Let's try this again. The play is to see if you can keep things at bay until it's finally safe to move about the cabin. And then it'll be safe to move your bowels. But see, I thought it was a good joke, but not really. But that's a serious point, and I think it's a serious issue. I wonder if it changes things if you have access to a lounge, an airline lounge. I wonder if those are cleaner. Hmm. 
fair question. Never had access to a, a, a lounge. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, gripe number three. Why do so many Christians have to put their Christianity front and center all the time? Uh, this is the second of two uh, gripes here centered around social media. So this is in the context of social media, more or less. And so that you know you know their views because for some reason they feel the need to put it in their bio. Why? Why does your relationship with Jesus Christ need to be first and foremost in your identity, your entire social media identity? Because it's at the top of the page right under your name. So obviously it's the most important, one of the most important things. If you're a priest or a rabbi, a pastor or whatever, I get it. That's fine. You have a different relationship. But I mean, do do you think you get like heavenly points or something for that? Like you get up to heaven and St. Peter is all like, quote, hey, did you say quote? You fucking dummy. You get up to have, you get up to heaven and St. Peter is like, uh, hey, what's up? Uh, let's have a look at your resume here. Okay. Uh, you weren't the nicest person uh, we've seen up here, but you did say in your Instagram bio, God is number one. And at one point you had Christ follower. So that's plus two for you, bub. But you're a closeted gay, so down you go. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. Like, what's the point of uh are you like so proud? Of your of your religion, I mean, I guess you can be right, just like anything else. But pride is a uh, not the best thing in the world. It's a uh, there's a word for it. I'm looking for it and I can't find it. Pride, not a seven. It's not one of the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins. That's not it. Pride. Hmm. Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway. But I mean, it should be a personal thing between you and your chosen. Uh, deity, right? This isn't the Middle Ages where we're trying to convert supposed heathens. Is it? Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, in the minds of some in this country, uh, but in reality, that's not it. I just don't see the point. It It almost makes me wonder if you're trying to cover for something else. I don't know what that something else is, but... Obviously, you think if you put that there, that's going to sort of change the view of, of anybody who visits your social media presence. And you know what? Same goes for atheists, okay? Settle the fuck down. No one really cares. Congratulations. You don't believe in anything. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. For the same reason that I'm thrilled for these other people that love to say that, you know, uh, Jesus is beside them or some bullshit. If that makes you feel better, that's fine. That's cool. It's great. But again, I still think that's a it's a personal choice and it's a personal decision. It should stay um, personal. I don't understand the need to broadcast it to the fucking world. I just that's just me, right? That's just me, your lowly four listener podcast person. Anyway, I kept it short again this week. I hope you appreciate that. Um. Check out Dear Abby. <laughs> ah, boy. Yeah. Um, what do I got? So, uh, the Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod, the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod. Uh, the Twitter page is very sports-centric, so if you're into sports, come on by. Instagram, not so much. I don't really do much. I just kind of try to post funny things there occasionally, um, videos of my dumb face occasionally. Uh, I have a, a Twitch page, which I've forgotten the name of. I think it's just like complaints and uh, observations. I don't know. Or maybe complaints pod. I have no fucking clue what the name of this thing is. What is it? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But I haven't used it, so what can you do? Um, I have a YouTube page. I haven't done anything with it. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. Fuck Meta. Um, I have a website, complaintsandobservations.com. You can check out the blog. Hopefully I get to a blog on Friday. We'll see. I didn't get to a blog last Friday, so I didn't know. Um, 
Call into the show. Leave a voicemail. What's on your mind? What do you want to complain about? 617-657-4736. 617-657-4736. I need to know what is pissing you off. If it's me, well, you can fucking pound sand. But call in. Let's talk. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Let's talk. Well, if you know somebody that wants to be on the show, come on. Let's talk. I said last week that I had an idea for a, another podcast, and boy, boy, did I fuck this one up. I had an idea where I was going to talk to to sort of like regular people, right, about their job and about what they did and how they got to that point. Well, it turns out um, somebody already does that and does it extremely well. Um. It's like one of the top podcasts on the planet is called How I Built This, and it's <laughs> basically what I was thinking of doing. This is what happens when you don't do any sort of like legwork or studying, so I don't know. I just don't want to do another podcast. I just don't know what. I, I want to find one that's a bit more niche I just don't know what a niche would be that I would have any fucking clue to talk about, so we'll see. I read today that somebody has a podcast about the comic strip Kathy, and they like defend Kathy, and people listen to that. Like, what the fuck? That just goes to show that this medium is fucked. This medium is really fucked up. And here I, I have a pretty decent idea. And uh, it's, you know, it's nothing. I don't know. But anyways, look, that's it. As always, listen, thank you so very much for uh, listening to the show. If you did. I don't know if you did or not, but thank you. Uh, please, I ask you to uh, tell your friends, tell your moms. Uh, tell anybody, really. I don't give a shit. No one's going to you know, really fucking care one way or the other. But it'd be great if they came by. And that that's all. So listen, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>